Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Murphy Houston. And good morning, it's Murphy Houston. Welcome into another edition of Mile High Magazine. Today we're talking about energy efficiency and other things. As We have our special guest, Susan Kroll, who's the Energy Efficient Specialist with IREA, the Intermountain Rural Electric Association. Susan, welcome. Hi there, thank you. First of all, I didn't know what REA stood for. Right, Intermountain Rural Electric Association. It's most intriguing. Tell us about IREA. I mean, you're not big, but you are really kind of unique about how you handle customers and and your product. Well, we are um, a customer-owned electric company that provides power to about 158,000 customers right now. Um, We are customer-owned, hence the fact that we are a cooperative. Um, So we operate on a nonprofit basis, and any margins or overage that we have at the end of a year is given back to our customers, then divided up according to a lot of different things, but primarily one of the biggest things is how much money did you pay in during a year? That's going to affect how much money you're going to get back in the years where we do have a, a positive margin. You know, XL Energy isn't doing, that, isn't doing that, and I know they're a for-profit company, but how do you exist? You, you still save some money up for... Uh, Improvements Exactly. So when we, um, our board is a big part of that. So they decide every year um, when all the financial numbers come in, how much of that we're going to keep so that we can make improvements going forward and how much of that we're going to give back to our customers. How long have you guys been around? We've been around for uh, many, many years. Okay. Um, our right. first initial offices was in Littleton. Now we're in Sedalia. So many years. Um, I've worked for the company for 17. So. Wow. Well, it's longer than that for sure. Yes. Now, is are you just set with... The land you have, the counties you affect, is it going to grow? Is it going to shrink? Is it going to always be the same? For the most part, our boundaries have been set, um, and that, again, was done over a a period of time many years ago. So we have some boundaries or some territories that are kind of – I guess I should say not. Uh, it's not like a square box by okay. any means. Okay, That's, uh, so there is growth possibilities. Well, tell us more about what you do at IREA. Well, what I do personally is um, I'm primarily responsible for doing free home energy audits, and we also will do business audit as well. Um, it's a basically a walkthrough audit that is put out there to try to help our customers keep their utility costs as low as possible. So when I'm meeting with folks, I'm talking to them about what they have in their home, how they use it, what they can do to possibly reduce or lower their usage. Again, all in an effort to help them keep their utility costs where they want them to be. And there's a lot of things you can do that people might be surprised about. I bet you find that a lot. Yes, I do. Typically, um, you know, because the audit is free and because we don't have anything to sell, shall we say. So my goal is to try to come up with things that are low cost or no cost items that someone can do within their home to help them reduce their usage. Well, give us some ideas because whether you're with uh, the Intermountain Rural Electric Association or somebody else, it could help us. Correct. And so typically I start with um, just asking people what their habits are. Um, It can be as simple as that. So the obvious is shut things off when you're not using them. Um, another one might be um, pretty much all of us have some type of window covering on our windows, whether it be draperies or blinds. Using those can also help you save on your heating and cooling costs. You want to block out the sun that you don't want in the summertime and in the wintertime when it's cold. You want to close those up at night to, again, keep that cold out against the window and keep your heat in your living area. Um, 
use a programmable thermostat. That's oh, yeah. a great way to help save. <clears throat> so again, um, you know, when you're not at home, you're setting your temps back so that you can realize some of those savings and just kind of set that up according to what works for your own lifestyle. Sure. What about light bulbs? Light bulbs can help. Um, I get that question quite a bit. Yeah. Um, the thing you want to remember about a light bulb is if you switch out one light bulb, you probably aren't going to see that amount of savings necessarily in your usage, but you are saving. If you're talking about taking the old incandescent bulb that was typically 60-watt bulb, you're going to be replacing that with probably an 8- or a 9-watt bulb at most if you go to an LED bulb. So right. there is a savings there. So it's a good idea to do that, though. Yes, it is. Yes. Do, do they even make incandescent light bulbs anymore? I think you can still buy them in certain um, wattages. Some of them have been pulled off the market now, but I, I do believe you can still find some. Well, when you read the savings of the box, when you buy LEDs, you're going, whoa. I mean, they last forever and they save you money. Right. They do. And the thing about a light bulb, too, that you want to remember when you're replacing is always replace the bulbs that you use the most often. Because if you've got the light bulb in the closet that you never turn on or in a room that you never go in, you're not going to realize the savings there because you never had the light on to begin with. That's good but, thinking. Right but if you replace bulbs that are like in a kitchen area where maybe you've got four or five lights that come on all at the same time, you can definitely save some money there. And, uh, what about turning lights off and on? My wife, I, I'm a fuss budget about that. If lights are on and we're not in that room or we're not using, I'm turning them off. And she, well, what? that won't make any difference that much. It does make a difference, doesn't it? It always makes a difference. Again, once you've switched to LED bulbs, it's going to be less impactive simply because the wattage that you're using when you turn that bulb on is so much lower than it used to be. Right. But you're always going to save money if something's off versus on. But here's a question, not necessarily meant to be a trick question, but I'm curious. I just installed a electric hot water heater and it's a tankless on the wall kind of thing i haven't seen any results yet but they're saying it's going to save me money will that it, it should now was your water heater prior to that electric or gas gas okay so now you're talking about switching where you want to look for your savings should be in your gas bill because right. you're no longer heating that water with gas you're right. now heating it with electricity so you've kind of shifted where you're going to be seeing that usage because you moved from gas to electric. Well, that makes sense. But have you heard, I mean, in the history of tankless hot water heaters, does that make a difference? Because they say it only heats the water when you, when you, need, when you right. need it. So the difference is you no longer have a tank where the, previously that tank would cycle on and off all day, all night, keeping right. that water hot. That's no longer happening. Now the only time you pay to heat your water is when you truly want hot water. Well, so, yes, there is a savings there. I will let you know down the road how, <laughs> <laughs> how that works, but it, it, it sounds like it's a, it's pretty legit. Do you guys deal with solar at all? We do. Um, we do have solar installs, and we do wind as well, um, and typically that involves in our, at IREA, you, you would get a net meter that would keep track of um, usage that you still use from IREA versus usage that you're giving back to IREA. So, and you, but you offer that. Yes, we is do. It, is mm-hmm. it more reasonable to buy it through you guys and these people that seem to be calling me all the time? Well, you're not buying it from us. You still need to get your all of your solar equipment through a solar company. Um, the difference with IREA is, is that we're going to, again, give you a different meter that has the capability of keeping track of that power coming in and going back to you both ways. All right. Well, it's good that you have a chance to get that through. IREA. I love this. Uh, Susan Kroll is here. She's the energy efficient specialist. What's the most costly thing? you would run in your home or your business that might suck the most electricity your televisions no 
Um, normally things that are going to suck the most power, shall we say, are things that have heating elements in them or cooling elements because they are higher wattage to begin with. So they're going to be more high powered items. Um, so this time of year, things that catch people off guard, um, space heaters, engine block heaters, gutter heaters or ice melt devices on somebody's roof, hot tubs are going to use a little more power in the winter than they do in the summer. Um, so those are all things that use power at a higher rate um, right, right. that, again, people sometimes don't realize. I never thought about that, especially space heaters. I'll bet they do suck a lot of electricity. Yeah, the typical space heater is about 1,500 watts of power. So, you know, using that wisely, maybe having it on for four or five hours a day, six hours a day, if you were maybe using it at night or something like that, watching TV, that would add in with our rate structure about $33 to the basic residential or typical residential bill. Um, The worst case scenario at 1500 watts of power, it would add $133 to your bill. A month? A month. Whoa. Yes. That's some hefty cash. Yeah, so a lot of folks will, you know, they'll think, oh, we need to keep the pet warm in the garage or something like that. We'll add a space heater, and you put a space heater in a garage, and it's probably not going to shut off. So now you've just increased your electric bill by $130. So you'd be better off to put something in there with maybe a thermostat attached that would turn it on and off. Exactly. Using thermostats on any of those types of devices is always a good thing. I just always caution people to not solely rely on the thermostats that are built in because sometimes they stop working. And again, then you're going to get caught where something's just heating all of the time. And then your job as the efficiency expert, do you deal a lot with the uh, programmable thermostats? Do you offer that product? We don't offer a programmable thermostat, but we certainly suggest that you get one. Um, a programmable thermostat, again, it's just the, it's, it makes it mindless for you. So once you know what your lifestyle is like and when you want to set your temperatures back according to when you're in the home or when you're not in the home, a programmable thermostat will do that for you. So that is a good way to help save. Sounds like a good idea right there. What about humidifiers? I was told that humidifiers can be an electrical suck on your bill. Yeah, the newer ones are, I shouldn't say new, but um, ones that I have come in contact with recently, a lot of folks are being told to or suggested to add a steam humidifier versus the older style that was the drip style that only really came on when you were heating your home. Right, right. The steam humidifier um, has its own heating element in it. Right. And so most often when I see a steam humidifier in someone's home, it's pulling about 3,000 watts of power. So that's double like a space heater. So then if folks are setting their humidity level to 35 or 40 percent, which some people do, um, many times the steam humidifier can never get the house to that humidity level, which means it's running all the time, and you'll see an increase of $150 to $200 a month in your electric bill. That's a lot. And I just put in one of those steam humidifiers, but it's it's so different than a regular old-fashioned humidifier. And you really need to control it more. They, and they tell you, well, in Colorado, you should have it at 34%. Well, I think every house is different about that, isn't it? I would agree. I think so. And plus, everybody's own personal humidity, um, how much humidity they need to be comfortable, I think, is different as well. So I always say, you know, start where it's recommended. And if you feel that there's more humidity that you need, turn it back because it's definitely going to save you money. If you hear it running constantly and you're going to hear it because your furnace fan is going to be on constantly, um, you know, and if it's at a time, especially when you know you're not having to heat your home, that's your humidity right. that's, that's causing that to run. Um, so just be smart about it. Um, set it back when you need to. If we have a cold, 
you know, uh, when we get those zero degree weathers, you're going to want to set it back a little bit anyway, or you're probably going to end up with a lot of moisture on the inside of your windows because it's just there's you can't hold that much humidity at that point. Well, and that's my next question for you is if you do see a lot of that moisture on the inside of your windows, and I've been getting that now since I put that steam humidifier in, you should be cutting back. Is that Correct. Right? Yes. So you don't see the moisture on Correct. the inside of your yes. windows. Well, I'll have to do that. Yes. See what I'm learning here? I hope you guys are learning the the same thing. Now, do you deal with, uh, uh, for instance, I had a freezer that was 25 years old, and XL Energy said, hey, we'll give you 50 bucks for it. Get it out, and then we'll give you a discount on one that's energy efficient. Do you guys do that kind of thing? We do not offer rebates or credits for different kinds of appliances and that kind of thing that you um, purchase or would want to repurchase. Um, I would agree, though, if you have something that's 20 to 25 years old, and if you hear it constantly running, it's probably time to replace it. Almost everything that you have in your home, appliance-wise, uh, anything really, it's everything is made better today than it was 15, 20 years ago. Makes sense. So, Good uh, to replace. Yes. Especially if, even if it's not broken. Correct. I mean, again, and, and there are... Th- Things like a kilowatt meter, which is a little device that you can get. Um, well, if you're a customer of ours, we would give you one of those to use for a while, loan it to you. Um, you can also buy them at like Home Depot, Lowe's, that kind of thing. But it's a little device that you can use to test your appliances to see just how much kilowatt hours they are using in a given day or a given specific period of time. So how, do they, how does that work? I've never heard of that before. You plug that into the wall. It's just a handy little device. And then you plug your refrigerator, let's say, into it, and it'll start tracking how many kilowatt hours are going through through that so that you would know um, on a daily basis I'm using this amount of power just for the refrigerator you can take that and you know figure out what you're using monthly Um, and then that will kind of give you an idea of am I in the ballpark or not because you know you can go out and probably get a new fridge that probably is going to run and cost you maybe six seven eight dollars a month at most and so if you have something that's costing you closer to 15 or 20 or 30 then you can make an intelligent decision on whether or not you want to replace that or not. How much does a kilowatt cost? Do, we, do you know that information? Well, our our rate per kilowatt hour is just over twelve cents. Well, that that sounds so cheap, but it adds up, I guess, right? If you're not having the proper equipment in your home, everything adds up. Yeah, I oh. mean, you know, I mean, people say what what contributes to usage. Well, if you're plugging it in, it's contributing to usage. Do a lot? Doesn't a lot of the electricity you guys provide is it wind? Or do you have those big wind towers? Are you working off any of that? Um. N- no, we have a few um, individual residential homes who have wind right. um, to help offset their their utility costs, um, but we know we don't have any, uh, like a wind farm or anything like that. No. Any idea for that? Is, are they, do they work? I mean, are they no. efficient? I'm assuming that they work, yes. Um, I mean, if you ever have ever driven across the state of Iowa, they have the oh. huge wind wind turbines everywhere yeah. on, along I-80. Um, we do have three solar, well, I should say, let me back up. We have a solar farm that's in production right now that's out oh. by Bennett um, that is about a 12 megabyte, um, megawatt, I'm sorry, farm. And then we are in the process of adding another one out in Bennett. And then we've just, the board just recently approved for a third one that will be out by Kiowa. Wow, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. So that's a way to for us to be involved also with solar. Um, it's a way for us to um, meet our being 20% of renewable renewable energy by 2020 is so it, that's the goal isn't it to yes be, that is the goal not just for you guys but for the country almost uh, yeah it kind of varies on whether you're a co-op or not a co-op and all that kind of stuff but yeah we all have you know specific guidelines i guess that we have to meet by by 2020 right so. 
And so your board makes all the decisions on a lot of stuff you guys do over there at IREA. Yes, they approve everything, yes. Let me ask you this. I was also told, my nosy neighbor seems to have all the answers for this, power strips, they suck a lot of power. Is that because you put so many outlets in them, or is it just the way it is? No, I wouldn't say that power strips suck a lot of power, the the power strip themselves. Power strips are typically a way that you can reduce vampire power, if you will, or standby power, which is the power that the things in your home um, use that are still using power when essentially we think they're off. So things like... um, most electronic equipment will still use a little bit of power even when it's off, like your TV, your cable boxes, your direct right, they do. Direct TV, all of that. Um, computers left plugged in. Anything that you can turn on with a remote control. So, again, a lot of electronic devices um, will use a tiny bit of power. Um, and it is a small amount. So, again, it's one of those things where if you were going to start unplugging everything, you would really, one, have to have a lot of those items, and two, be very diligent about doing it all of the time to see any type of a difference at all in your cost. Yeah, you know, and some of that stuff, you know, like the TV, you don't want to just completely turn them off. Uh- I would never do that one. No. No. <laughs> uh, too much brain damage for me to have to restart it all up. So, yeah, yeah. no, I'm not going to go there. But, again, it is something that you can do if that's what you, you know, it's your preference. So when you go out and you walk into these homes and being the energy efficient specialist there at Intermountain Rural Electric Association, what do people ask you the most? What are their biggest concerns about saving? Well, they want to save money. Otherwise, you wouldn't be out there. They want to save a lot of a lot of the audits that I get, um, especially when it first turns cold or when it first gets hot, are all about high usage. People are just thinking that their utility bill is too high. Right. And so they're trying to figure out why that's happening. Um, and sometimes it's just... It's just things that have caught them off guard. They're totally not understanding that a space heater could add that much money to their bill. Yeah, that's surprising. Um, sometimes when you buy a new home, you you inherit things like uh, the heater that's hanging down from the garage that you think, oh, how perfect is this? And then you start using it and you've had your highest utility bill ever. And it's because that heater that was hanging down there was electric and it was pulling three or 4,000 watts of power, you know, and um, or, you know, they think it's great because they're keeping a pet warm and then they realize how much it's costing them. And so then we think of different ideas. What about electric heat over gas heat? Is electric more efficient? Um, it depends. Um, I mean, it can be sometimes more efficient in the perspective of less loss. Um, for instance, like with a gas furnace or any type of a furnace, you have duct work, which can contribute to how much heat you're actually um, getting into your sure. living space versus okay. perhaps getting lost. Um, normally, right now, um, I would still have to say that natural gas is a cheaper fuel source than electricity is. So that's what one of the things you have to kind of weigh. How about those uh, radiant floors that people put in their homes now? Those are electric, are they not? They can be. Um, and again, typically, if you want to be, um, you can have a radiant floor that's running off a gas boiler versus an electric boiler, you know, either way. Sure, sure. Um, again, floor heat is something that people love. Um, that I meet with anyway. Um, it's a very warm heat. Yeah. Um, but again, you just have to keep in mind is what is your fuel source? Is it electric or is it gas? And, you know, you're going to see those costs. Your bill is going to be reflected by that. But you might have that information if people were to reach out mm-hmm. and yes. say, hey, take mm-hmm. a look at this before you make that decision. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of folks will like to add um, electric floor heat because, again, it's simple. It's easy in like a master bathroom or 
you sure. know, area. And again, um, it just depends on the size of that bathroom, of right, course, how right. much that's going to cost you. And then it also depends on how warm are you trying to keep that floor 24-7. Are you setting that back a little bit? You have to be careful with radiant heat because it does take a little bit longer to warm back up again. But you have to look and be aware of what it is you're putting in before you have done so. Well, the question is, because I have those uh, floors in, in our bathrooms, there are two mm-hmm. bathrooms upstairs, mm-hmm. and, and this time of year, oh man, you have that warm bathroom floor, mm-hmm. it's a gift and I'm willing to pay for that, I that's guess. That's right, and and, yeah. uh, and that's the thing too, is yeah. lots of times when I meet with people, when they realize how much different things do cost, it is a, it is an educated decision then. I mean, you can either say, I'm going to continue to do exactly what I've always been doing because it's worth it to me. Sure. It's giving you a nicer lifestyle. It may, sometimes it's even regarding health you know so I mean those are all things that make sense and you do them and then there's other things that you realize that maybe that's where we can cut back a little bit you know I guess I was surprised because I just got my first electric bill after Christmas and I do a fair amount of Christmas outside decorating Mm -hmm. that really seems to take in some electricity right and again that's all going to be based on the exact wattage of all of the stuff that you're putting out there you know the inflatables if you have them you know and almost all of that stuff and pretty much anything anymore the wattage that that's going to use comes right on the box so again you know if you're educated when you're buying stuff you can kind of control how much all of that is going to end up costing you but lights as well you know we are uh, a big proponent of use get led lights you know i mean they make a big difference um in fact, IREA is participating right now with we'll recycle your old lights for you. You can bring them in, drop them off, and then we turn them in, and we're matching those contributions to give to an outreach program. program. Yeah, To help people with their electric bill? Correct. You mm-hmm. offer that service as well. We are right, right now, yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't run it all year round, but yeah, sure. right now we're collecting um, unused or unwanted light bulbs, uh, Christmas lights. Christmas lights. Holiday lights, yes. Yeah, I'm going to have to make that change because I, I get so excited when my string of lights, and they're the old ones, still light up every year. Well, this is great. And then once again, my neighbor will say, but you should have LEDs up there. Right. And the other thing, too, that can help with that is, again, think about timers. You know, I mean. Um, I do use a timer. You know, right? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Timers can save people money in, with a lot of different things. You know, they're good for engine block heaters. Um, some folks will even, even use them on their stock tank heaters because, again, I have people who, you know, have ranches and that kind of thing. And so they're dropping those heaters into their stock tanks so that sure. they don't have to chop ice and Again, there's ways to save when you're using things like that. And so. timers are really cheap. Yes. And they can save you a lot of money. Yeah. Yes. Depending on the device, you're probably going to pay for your timer in the first year, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. And the ones that yeah. we use for like the, and I did have an inflatable on a timer. It was like two bucks and it works. Exactly. Yes. Well, but I have that power strip, but I'm still curious about whether that's going <laughs> to take a lot of electricity out. Now, can people, they, people are listening to us now and they live in, I don't know, Evergreen. They cannot become part of what you offer. They cannot. Well, we actually do provide service to part of Evergreen. Um, well, I guess that was that's one of the example. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's one of the things that we maybe we didn't cover. We do have four offices. Um, our corporate office is in Sedalia, um, and that covers primarily we we service like Parker, Castle Rock, parts of Aurora. We go out to Kiowa. We go down south to Palmer Lake. We have King Carl Ranch or parts of it, um, and then we also have offices in Conifer. Right. And that does our evergreen area, parts of it, and goes on out all the way, 285, all the way out to Fair Play. So if you live in the areas that you just talked about here, Susan, and you 
are on XL Energy, you could make a switch. No. You can't. You, no. all, you would automatically the, be part of what you are. Right. The boundaries are set. So, okay. um, But certainly if you pay your electric bill to IREA, you can call me and, you know, I can do whatever I, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to help you. Well, you seem to know your stuff. There's no doubt about <laughs> it. Plus, you guys have, and I was just checking it out before you and I started talking here, a great website. Very informative. Yes, um, we have worked hard on that the last few years, and I would say that yeah, it's it's pretty informative, and we it's pretty much up to date all the time. And one of my coworkers that sits right next to me keeps in keeps that all intact. So that's a big job. They do a good job. Yes. Yeah, that's a full time job to maintain a good website. Yes. Believe me, we do that here around the radio station, and it's hard. I'm glad I don't have to handle it. IREA has really made an effort in the last few years to become more socially uh, social media minded, shall I say? So well, you almost have to this day and age, yes. don't you? Yes, you do. So what is it about maybe uh, IREA that is going on that I haven't touched? Have I missed something? Is, are you doing something different, something special that uh, other power companies might not be doing? Um, probably our newest, biggest goal for this year of 2019 will be to put in um, AMI, or Advanced Metering Infrastructure, um, which will be meters that will have the capability of sending reads back and forth to the office without any, uh, well, I should say very little human intervention. Oh, um, so it will be a big change for IREA um, and our customers. And from my perspective, for what I do, um, I'm going to love it because it's going to give me so much more data when I talk with people about their usage because we'll be able to see daily, even hourly, when they were using what amount of power. And so that is not something that is new. Um, a lot of utility companies have already moved to that type of metering. Um, and so we are that is our big goal for 2019. Does that require, would, would it require moving your meter location from like, let's say it's in the back of your house to the front of your house so that you could pick up that reading? No, it won't require that we have to move the meter, but it will require that we are going to be installing a new meter. And that won't require any other special equipment for the house, except the new meter will just be put in. Correct. And no charge to the customer. Correct. Well, that's a good thing. When's that start? Or has it started? We just, I, I'm fairly certain we just installed our first maybe 15 to 20. We're just starting. Wow. So we have a lot of testing to do. So it will be a, it will be a huge project and goal um, when you think about 158,000 meters. Well, that'll take a little time. It will take a little time. A little bit. So anything we missed? Uh, any final energy efficient ideas we can have for 2019 to save a few bucks? I would just say, just always think about what you're doing. Uh, a little common sense can go a long way when you're talking about usage. Um, be aware of when you go out and buy new things, what is it that I'm buying? And not just what is it going to cost me when I buy it, but what is it going to cost me to use it on a monthly basis? Because lots of times we don't think about that. That's right. Um, make sure your home is um, as efficient, the structure itself is as efficient as it possibly can be. So um, always keep your house well sealed up. If you need to recock something, recock it. If you can see light coming through your door, it's time to add additional weather stripping or replace what you have. Check insulation. Um, know how much insulation you have in your attic area. If it's not what it should be. Um, and I typically tell people, again, we have varying elevations in our territory, but you want to be somewhere minimum of R38 up to about R60, wow. depending on where you are. Yeah. Um, so again, those are things that you can do to the structure to, again, also help keep your heating and cooling costs down. And don't forget about training your kids. That's right. <laughs> yep, nope. Oh, my gosh. Good habits. Good habits can go a long way. So <laughs> It seems like when I had my kids at home, they, everything was always on. Everything. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> you got that problem, too, huh? I, I do, and mine are adults now, but they still kind of sometimes have that problem. And I don't know why, because 
my parents didn't let me get away with that, but times have changed. Times have changed. Well, Susan, before I let you go, Susan Kroll, do you have a number? Can people reach out to you with questions? Yeah, they can either um, contact me. I have a direct line, um, 720-733-5544, or you can also shoot me an email at scroll at irea.coop. Susan Kroll, Energy Efficient Specialist for Intermountain Rural Electric Association. Yes, part of where we live. Thanks for coming in today.